welcome to Alphabet Flying Encyclopedic Marvel Journey, where I go through the official handbook of the Marvel Universe with the guests, and we talk about all the characters we know and love and have forgotten as well. My name is Jesse Cooper, and with me today is Mike. Hello. I hope your appetite isn't too small, because we have a very big person to talk about today. We're talking about Dr. Henry Pym. Or if you call, or if he's, if you don't think he's that big of a nerd, Doctor Hank Pym. Hank Pym. Yeah. So, because for some reason Henry is like the is like the progenitor of Hank, and I don't understand it, and it's dumb, and it's awful. Now, this is Michael Douglas, right? We're actually just going to be talking about the actor Michael Douglas. Uh, we're talking about one of the first Avengers. Yeah, the original comics Avengers, correct? It was, oh, let's see if I can do it. See if I can earn my cred. It was him, Iron Man, Hulk, Wasp, and Thor? Yeah, because Captain America didn't, you know, come by until a little bit later. He had to be unfrozen. Which the Ultimates comics were is what changed that, right? Or they made him like a founding member? They made him a founding member, I think, in the Ultimate Comics, but... Um, that's what I mean, yeah, but- that's where they introduced the idea that he was actually a founding member and not found later made an honorary founding member. He's a complicated person. His real name is th- his entry, because it's his name, Dr. Dr. Henry Pym, or Hank Pym, as some people would call him, as most people would call him, because Henry is a name for nerds. Nice. He is an adventurer, a biochemist, a roboticist, and manager of the Avengers compound. Almost, It's like if Jarvis was getting really uppity about being the butler. It's like, you know, it's, two, it's 2000, no one has butlers anymore. It's like, okay, fine, you're the compound manager. Well, uh, another occupation I would put put on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, this happened way later. I'm th- I think in a, just a few years ago. But he's also the scientist supreme. <laughs> so you want to know how he got the uh, how he got the title scientist supreme? I'm gonna take a shot in the dark that he gave it to himself. N- no, uh, because it's Ant Man and it has to be done in that really complicated, weird way. Uh huh. He got so big. Like physically or? Physically. He got so big that he basically left the bounds of our reality and met eternity. The cons- who is the concept of, of everything <laughs> in a human form. And then he was just like, yeah, you're, that was almost like magic. I guess you're like scientist supreme. <laughs> and then, and then I think it, then he got merged with Ultron, and I think he recently got eaten by uh, Galactus. Sounds probably right. Yeah. By the way, if you get a chance, read the Infinity Wars uh, event that's happening right now. Okay. It's written by Jerry Duggan, and it's probably going to be the first good event we had for a few years now. Good. I'm glad. I mean, I've been out of reading comics for a while just for money reasons, and I think the last event in Marvel. Well, actually, when I stopped reading, they were wrapping up the um, Hydra cap. But uh, Dr. Doctor Hank Pym, or I'm just going to call him Hank Pym, or Ant-Man, or Giant Man, depending on what. Uh, Scientist Supreme. Uh, he is a 
citizen of the United States who received a conviction for treason that was later overturned. (laughs) That's the first time I've ever seen that in one of these books. I am about to hit 300, and we have never hit a person who who was convicted for treason. I I feel distinctly honored somehow. He also goes by Dr. Pym. The scientist adventurer. The scientific adventurer, I That sounds like adventure bros. He is- Okay, wait, I need to send you a picture of what he looks like, because this is a venture venture bros-ass costume he has here. Like, he's wearing- He's basically wearing uh, the speed suit. Oh, wow. That's- Wow. No, he looks- He looks like he's about to- He he looks like he's, uh, like- Is that a swingers party? And, like, he just locked eyes with, like, the couple he wants to swing with, and he's just like, hey, what's up? It looks like in, like, the early, like, the Johnny Quest style of, like, what they think, you know, Africa is like. It looks like he's going to a swingers party in that concept of Africa. Yeah, well, it's like the, like, a safari onesie, almost. Well, it's a speed suit, like uh, Dr. Venture wears, except it has long sleeves. I guess the, uh, the only speed suit I've ever seen is the one Dr. Venture wears, and this looks distinctly much more like 80s fashion. He looks like he's like one of the people Dr. Venture hates. Yeah, I, it, it almost like if if they had given Jonas Venture uh, blonde hair instead of red hair, that's pretty much who this guy is in a speed suit. I know, I know we're talking a lot about the picture, but you need to look at this picture because it just, it just oozes with like white guy superiority complex. Do you tweet the picture uh, when you put, okay, cool. Cause yeah, it, you have to look at this. It's man. Like whatever, whatever you think of like an overly confident white man, this is a picture you see. Like he, lo- he looks like he's a horny scientist. <laughs> Like, he went to his tailors, like, make sure they know, make sure they could see my junk. <laughs> no, this is the rest of the episode, Jesse. Nobody cares about the next three pages, or probably four, or three and a half. Like, we're just describing this suit as many ways as we can. So, the, uh, so Dr. Pym, the scientific adventurer. Yes, Scientist Supreme. So, he was Wasper a little bit when Dan- Janet Van Dyne died. In quotes, um, or is she still in dead? Quotes and quotes. Uh, so he was Ant Man one, Giant Man one, Goliath one, Yellow Jacket one. Uh, he's also part Ultron <laughs> at one point. Uh, but we'll get to a little bit more. His known relatives is uh, Maria Toriova, uh, who is his first wife, and then his second wife is Janet Van Dyne, divorced. Yeah, we'll get to why they divorce later. Yeah. It's the speed suit. He looks like a side character at Johnny Quest. Yeah. Okay, sorry, we need to stop talking about this picture. 2,000 years later. He first appeared as Hank Pym in Tales to Astonish, number 27, The Man and the Ant Hill, in January 1962. I we need to talk about his first the summary of his first issue. I'm a I'm a big fan of the Marvel Ant Man movie. Like I, I, it's not the best 
but it's maybe my favorite because it's so light and fun. And I think that that's one of the best like inside jokes that they they've ever made in the Marvel movies is when Darren Cross is talking about the the Ant Man story and how you know oh it's a f it's a daydream a, a myth a tales to astonish or whatever the way he works that in is so sharp and I just I want to touch on that since we mentioned tales to astonish. I just want to kind of do a summary of his story because this this there was a force five stories actually in the tales to astonish issue so hank pym was a scientist marked by mocked by the scientific community who developed a formula who allowed him to shrink and regrow objects at uh, at will upon testing the formula on himself he began to shrink more rapidly than he would expect so fast he's unable to reach for the formula which cause which would cause him to regrow and instead is trapped on the floor in a panic he stumbles outside where he attracts the attention of a nearby ant colony who begins to attack him fleeing from his attackers he is forced to hide in an anthill that seems counterintuitive <laughs> but falls into the ant stores of honey and almost drowns until he's rescued by a friendly ant using a stray match which he managed to ignite to fend off a number of ants, which seeks to do him harm, uh, manages to escape from the anthill. Returning to the house where the ant, uh, with the ant colony in chase, he is once more assisted by the friendly ant who carries him up the wall to the window's ledge, which his growth serum lies. And then he, like, gets big again, and then he decides to destroy the formula. The anthill. And the handheld, yeah. He he not only he he does more than just like you know spray. He pours molten aluminum down it. Like let's say I'm walking home and some people step off a porch and are like, "Hey, give us all your money." My instinct is not to run into their house. <laughs> like that's what kills me about this story is he gets attacked by ants and is like, "Well, the safest place for me, I guess, is where they live." You want to know when he becomes Ant Man? Of course, <clears throat> he becomes Ant Man. At, at issue thirty five, tells to astonish issue thirty five. So he did. So he was just like he turned around pretty quickly on the whole like. Wait, what was his first issue? Uh, twenty seven. So okay, well, I guess tells to so astonish was various. Oh right, right, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. my bad. Well, he he had like the main story <laughs> mm-hmm. out of it, but um, because tell to astonish at was basically a An anthology, uh, man. Right? Or at that point, it was Ant Man. It was mostly Ant Man with like with other stories. Sure, I knew that at one point, Tales to Astonish was kind of their like testing out ideas. So then he goes to Return of the uh, well, Tales to Astonish number thirty five, the Return of Ant Man, and September nineteen sixty two. He creates the serums again after he decides it's too dangerous for anyone to use. (laughs) (laughs) What? Uh, but then, but then he created a helmet that allows him to communicate with ants, and then he's just like, "Yo, ants are my friends now." <laughs> this is my whole aesthetic. <laughs> and do you know when he becomes giant man? Uh, the next time. <laughs> uh, I mean, it, there's a little bit more of a break here. Well, see what happened was he took some chemicals and uh went and he got attacked by giants, so he ran into their giant house. And hid. Right, I assume. Uh he he turned into giant man. 
It tells her Astonish 49. So yeah, it's, it's like, what, a couple arcs? Yeah, um, and this was in in November 1963, the birth of Ant-Man. I mean, not Ant-Man, oh, the good. birth of Giant-Man. <laughs> they, they really got that mixed up if his first appearance as Ant-Man was called the return of Ant-Man, and then when he became Giant-Man, it was called the birth of Ant-Man. <laughs> And this is and he was he was uh, with Janet Van Dyne at the time or the Wasp, and he was fighting someone called the Living Eraser, and on the front on the front the Wasp is saying Giant Man is actually being erased. He also showed up as Goliath in um, Avengers number twenty eight. Then he became Yellow Jacket in Avengers fifty nine, as Hank Pym. The scientific adventurer in the West Coast Avengers in twenty one. So he pretty much changes identities like he changes clothes. Well, I mean, he doesn't change clothes. He just wears that awesome speed suit. Well, I know he changes clothes a lot because half of the half of the volume. I mean, half the volume of this uh, thing is just him in different costumes. Oh, good. <laughs> so, I'll have to make a collage. So you're gonna do a Hank Pym. <laughs> Summerwear uh, special. Yeah, his lookbook. Ooh, there you go. I'll have to call him Pant Man. <laughs> uh, get off this podcast. Yeah, all, <laughs> goodbye, everyone. <laughs> so, um, he is an American biochemist with extensive knowledge in other scientific fields. He married Maria uh, Trovaya who was a political dissonance in her native Hungary. Then she fled to, like, America, thinking that that would protect her, but it didn't. Because they were, uh, because when they decided to honeymoon in <laughs> Hungary. Yeah, of course. Uh, the secret police. <laughs> Sorry, I was taken aback there. I'm just like, okay, what? so. What a stupid decision. <laughs> So, so she th- American citizenship would save her if she stayed in America <laughs> or not hungry. It's like, well, honey, where should we honeymoon? Well, I've really never been two places in my life, and I know Hungary's beautiful this time of year. Uh, <laughs> Did you just leave there because people wanted to kill you? Yeah, but it's beautiful. I mean, <laughs> but it's our honeymoon. Surely they wouldn't kill a woman on her honeymoon. <clears throat> I'm also wearing glasses, and I'm three days away from being retired. <laughs> Nothing could happen. Also, here's a picture of my family. So basically, so basically, because they decided to honeymoon in Hungary, she got murked. God, <laughs> they ganked her. They're just like, "Yo, we don't like you. Why did you come back? I'm going to kill you." So if if Doctor Pym had ganked her, would it have been that he hanked her? It's all right. Don't worry. I've called the police on myself. <laughs> okay, good. Because I was about to call the SWAT team on you, but it's good. It's good that you you did it yourself. After his uh, wife was murdered, uh, he finally got a reason to live. <laughs> <laughs> and he decided to fight for justice and stuff. <laughs> Oh my god. Alright. He he was greatly distraught by his wife's death, so he decided to do whatever he could in the future to battle injustice and inhumanity. So, uh, then back in the US, he discovered uh, 
some subatomic particles, which he calls the pin particles. If they make stuff grow and shrink. He was able to kind of separate the the particles out through 60s magic. Uh, science, I should say. Yeah. Yeah, like, like it's like when you're separa- separating out an egg yolk from the whites. Yeah. He took two <laughs> like steel cups, filled one with subatomic particles, and then just kind of stirred it back and forth. It's like, this is the big one, this is the small one. So then he created a serum. Uh, and then whenever he tested it on himself, he did that fun, um, that fun ant adventure. Uh, he decided that they were too dangerous to use, and he destroyed both of them. However, weeks later, he's just, just like, nah. <laughs> I should <laughs> out. Might as well shrink. Then he recreated the serums, and uh, which he kept secret, like he didn't tell anyone uh, that he could do this. And he started studying ants. He's just like, yo, what what do ants do? How how do I become their dad? <laughs> Why didn't he didn't call himself Ant Dad? That would have been so much better. He then made a helmet that would allow him to communicate with the ants uh, through psionic electrical waves. Even though you think he would do it through pheromones, because that's how ants communicate. I mean, this is Stanley, right? So. Oh, yeah, no, this is prototypical. This is like, well, actually, not this prototypical. This is typical Stanley Alpha Science Bro character. I like, also, because I've heard Stanley say in interviews that, like, he wasn't very good at science. So, like, a lot of times he just came up with stuff that he thought sounded awesome, like gamma rays for the Hulk. He's like, I don't know if gamma rays would ever do that, but gamma rays just sounded so, you know, comic book or whatever. Like, sounded so good, like, fun that he just went with whatever he felt like doing as science. And because of it, he he is in the uh, annals of sci as comic book scientists. And I love how then in comics, they no one's like, "Hey, like we should retcon this to be a thing that's maybe like everyone's going for like, oh, this could actually happen with science now." And it's like, but we can't. We have to still keep it a serum. So I guess it's uh, and like they just like jump through the weird hoops to make it still somehow relevant to Stanley's original dream, but also more realistic. Yeah. I don't know. So so after he created the uh, the the helmet, he also created himself a uh, a costume, which I'll also send you the picture of. So then he created that suit, which and he called himself Ant Man. I think that this is a, a most people would recognize this. Like yeah, it's, it's kind stuff. of his cost. Uh, the the most iconic the costume. Like black I think. thermometer going up the front is a little odd. And yeah, I think you're just being judgmental. Uh, that's probably true. Res- after he, you know, created that, like the same day, he g- received assignment from the government to make a gas that would uh, give people um, temporary limited Im- immunity to radioactivity. <laughs> Under certain circumstances, <laughs> which is which is basically them being like, um, we're going to do some heinous stuff. We don't want to tell you why, but we're going to do some heinous stuff. Hey, uh, Hank, just scientifically, is it possible to make anti-radiation gas masking for a friend? Yeah. J- it, I'm not going to tell you why, because it's not important, just in case. Yeah. It's- but we need temporary temporary radiation gas 
that will protect us. My buddy Dave um, uh, bet me that it's impossible. Yeah, we're definitely not going to do anything that's really heinous, and we need to protect people in the field. Definitely not. No war crimes here. Yeah, the KGB uh, found that he was doing that, basically. Uh, And they sent uh, agents to hold him and his assistant's prisoner in their own laboratory. Uh, Only Pym knew the entire formula for the gas that they had now developed, and he refused to tell the Soviet agents. Is that how that works? I feel like... I feel like you would have notes or anything, yeah, but, but... also, like, if I'm building a gas that is makes people immune to radiation, and which presumably has its own very, like, horrifying possible side effects, you're not going to delegate, like, okay, now you're going to know this half of the formula, but you're only going to know this half. Like, wouldn't everyone know the whole formula? <laughs> no, he does the whole thing himself. Fair enough. But what does yeah, he have he- assistance for, then? Oh, he just likes having people to boss around. That's fair. They bring him snacks and polish his speed suit. And- you know, it's like just real, just uh, a shame. The living eraser is not in these books. <laughs> it's the red ghost. <laughs> well, the red ghost is in these books. Okay, good. He basically was just like, yo, I have this new ant suit. Uh, and I'm going to use it instead of being killed. Uh, and he basically sent a bunch of like ants and stuff to mm-hmm. attack the the people that the KGB agents, and then they're just like, "No, we can't, we can't do this." Um, uh, based then after afterwards, uh, he also battled people like Elias Eggman Star. That's a good name. And Eggman became his greatest enemy. Of course. So, okay, so, okay, so, he was fighting, like, KGB people, KGB people, right? And Eggman. Uh, here's the next sentence. Uh, after an alien being from the planet Co- uh, Cosmos, with a K, uh, killed the scientist uh, Vernon Van Dyne, Pym uh, revealed his secret identity to their daughter, Janet Van Dyne, who wished to avenge his death. Uh, then he would use the... Uh, then he gave her basically the pin particle gas that he created, uh-huh. and she became the wasp. So he f- never mind. I say he farted on her, right? Is what you're saying? The pin particle gas in quotes, but yeah, that's that exactly. That's it exactly. <laughs> or- that's no, that's it exactly. That's it exactly. You bravo. You you're one of the best joke makers to ever exist. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I prefer joke maker supreme. <laughs> um. <clears throat> and then she, uh, then he also, uh, through bioengineering, <laughs> gave her the ability to grow insect-like rings when she shrunk herself. Good. So he basically also played God with this adult yeah. woman to give her wings. It's like a somehow more horrific Animorphs situation. <laughs> and he also made capsules that allowed him to grow, like, bigger. Uh-huh. He that's when he became Giant Man, and also apparently got like swole in the worst way. Explain. Well, I'll send you a picture. Okay. That's not the best picture, but like he got because like you see that how jacked he was in the first one. Mm-hmm. It looks like he was on like the Hugh Jackman crash oh, Lord. Giant, Giant, diet. Yeah. 
Like, he's been eating nothing but, like, chicken breast and, and like, never drinking water, so his muscles pop more. This is, like, the situation as Ant-Man. So, like, he was able to grow, like, real big. Like, even, like, 100 feet and more. But uh, it kind of lose. It kind of lost its uh, effects. I mean, the good effects. Sure. After uh, after twelve feet tall. Mm, okay. Like he wouldn't get proportionally stronger after right. that. So, like, he would just be at a hundred feet. He would be as strong as at twelve feet. But that's like, or was he be less strong? He would no. He would be. He would be stronger, but not proportionally stronger. Right. Okay. And, but also like this. The basically the pin particles though of him growing and shrinking was like real bad on his body. Yeah, I'd imagine. Yeah, and uh, he decided to retire as a crime fighter. He retired for a little bit, but they learned that the Submariner was heading towards New York City. Sure. And then they decide to basically alert the Avengers, and this is whenever. Uh, I thought they were founding <laughs> members. They were finding members. I don't see why. Well, okay, sorry. I skipped over one. Gotcha. I skipped over a sentence. Uh, basically, um, after he made the wasp get get like body horror rings, right. wings out of her back, then that's when they uh, made the Avengers. Gotcha. Also, Janet Van Dyne is the reason why the Avengers had uh, any money in the first place. She's also extremely rich. Isn't Tony Stark super rich, though? That's whenever like Atuma and the Collector... We're, like, trying to attack New York, basically. Then that's whenever he decided to go by Goliath. Uh, but at this time, they could actually, uh, both Pym and Van Dyne, could change uh, size at will without having to have the Pym particles applied. Oh. Because they had so much Pym particles inside sure. of them, they're pretty much, like, you know, saturated with it. Why not? Yeah, so he, but uh, because of that, though, he wasn't actually able, the reason why he went to Goliath was because he wasn't able to shrink down anymore. Oh, so he's just permanently big? He was big for a while. Okay. He was a big boy, like a real big boy for a while. Sure. Um, but then he uh, eventually regained the ability. Hmm. Um, but he could not grow more than 10 feet in height. Oh, wow. But then, but then later, the collector... Submitted, uh, subjected him to treatments to m- allow him to grow twenty to twenty five feet in, in uh, for up to fifteen minutes. Um, yeah, numbers I don't care about. Yeah, this is uh, around this time is when he created Ultron. Wow! Wait, when when would this be? This what seventies? As you could tell, I am not at the point where I talked about Ultron as a character. Uh, that is in sixty eight Avengers. Avengers was kind of close. Uh, basically, he just created Ultron, and uh, because of that, we have one of the most complicated characters uh, ever, Vision. Because Ultron Ultron is uh, Vision's daddy. He may have been his father, but he weren't his daddy. <laughs> Remind me, Pym, did Pym create Ultron for the same reason that Tony Stark did in the movie? No. No, bas- basically, he just wanted to make a smart robot. But the idea was that the robot came to the same conclusion that like humanity is the problem. No, it's just a smart robot, which meant it was evil. Okay, fair enough. It was the sixties. Yeah. Yeah. If you have a smart robot, it's evil. I, I think I think he just had murderous intent for whatever reason. Like when I was first introduced, the idea of Ultron, my whatever I was reading mentioned said the idea that like 
Ultron was created to protect the Earth, but then realized that logically humanity is like the biggest threat to the Earth. And so then it got murderous, but like. That might have been a retcon, but at this point, no, because it, it literally just says, like, hey, he created the robot. It turned against him. <laughs> and then he became one of the Avengers' greatest adversary. There's one sentence, basically, for, for Ultron's creation, or one paragraph. Because of all the shrinking, his brain was shrinking and growing. His brain was all messed up. And then he knocked over a bunch of like stuff in his lab and he became like, quote unquote, evil. Not evil yet, but evil. And that's when he became Yellow Jacket. Uh, Van Dyne was just like, hey, I'll just play along. They got married. After that? was Yellow Jacket. Oh, wow. I thought they would have been married before. And immediately after he was attacked by the ringmaster in Circus of Crime, I literally just talked about one of the people, one, well, not one page away, but like a couple of weeks ago, mm -hmm. about one of the people who attacked them. Oh, cool. And when, you, when you hear Circus of Crime, first off, listen to that episode. Sure. It has Jackson on it, and we talk about Circus of Crime. Uh, and second off, these are just regular people with no powers, and they decided to attack the Avengers mansion. Sure. Hey. With Avengers inside. You know what? If you want to break into the, the A-list tier, you gotta have Moxie. And then after that, like, he became, uh, like, verbally kind of, uh, abusing his wife. Then they ba battled someone named the Elf Queen. <laughs> Yellow Jacket, who was edgy because of his personal matters, mm -hmm. blasted Elf Queen from behind <laughs> without stopping to consider what Captain America was trying to do. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah episode we can end the episode now you could just cut everything that's not this and us talking about the speed suit and basically he started acting recklessly and could have killed someone uh <laughs> because he was just blasted from behind without oh, yeah, considering captain america um and then he built like a robot to attack during the current mo to attack the Avengers, mm -hmm. so he could get out of it. Out of uh, but Avengers? he designed a weak point. He designed a weak point so he could he defeat it easily. Wait, he it built a robot to attack the Avengers so he could get out of the Avengers. Basically, because of that, he was going to be kicked off the Avengers. Okay. Because he's been becoming erratic. He was abusing his wife and deep. You know, it's weird that that wasn't the someone. first thing on the list. Yes. Um, I, mean, I guess in the that, 60s, it's not that weird. but And then, uh, so they were going to court-martial him, basically, and kick him off. But then he was just like, I'm going to build this robot to make me look like a hero. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Get out. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you now. Whenever Janet Van Dyne says, it's like, don't do that. That's kind of dumb. This is when he. This is when he hit her. Okay. And then his plane went awry, and then the Wasp defeated the robot, and he was expelled from the Avengers, and then he was divorced. Gotcha. Okay. So, um, then he moved- Okay, here's another great sentence. Then uh, he, they moved out of his wife's mansion. Astonishingly, Hank Pym was now virtually penniless. Okay. Because he was living off his rich wife. Yeah, but didn't he get paid for that anti-radiation gas that wasn't for <laughs> heinous purposes? <laughs> Well, that stuff runs out. That's fair. He kind of lived aimlessly, and then he was approached his old his old enemy Eggman, who claimed he felt guilty <laughs> for causing uh, for causing his uh, his niece to lose her arm. Oh, okay. 
And then uh, he asked Pym to give her a bionic arm oh, in right. exchange for a large sum of money. In exchange for being able to sleep on his couch. <laughs> so, needing the money, he uh, fulfilled his assignment, but found the bionic arm, placed the Triss Star, his niece, under his control. I mean, Eggman's control. And then he was forced to steal adamantium from the government and fight the Avengers to def- who defeated him. But, okay, but here's the thing. Eggman said that the armor's booby-trapped. He lied. So he had to steal the control. He still had control over him, but it wasn't booby-trapped. So it wasn't gonna, like, explode her or anything. So he basically just had his, uh, had his greatest enemy steal from his friends and have his friends beat him up and give him something he wanted. So wait, Eggman said he booby-trapped the arm? Yeah. That Hank Pym entirely built by himself? He wasn't always touching it. All, all it takes to booby trap something is to stick something in something. I, I guess, but I feel like bionic arms have not that many places to hide, like, dynamite. This is the Marvel Universe. He could have got some Hank, some pin particles and I guess. shrunk I just, down some bombs. I feel like, Egg, I don't know that much about Eggman, I just don't feel like he's the kind of guy, like, who, if he could, who could, like, booby trap a bionic arm subtly... Like, if he could, I feel like he'd be the kind of guy who could build his own bionic arm. I feel like you're just impugning Eggman's name at the moment. Egghead's name. Not Eggman. Okay. So it's been- You could talk about Robotnik all you want. Well, okay. You have been saying Eggman. Then he had his niece claim that Hank Pym was doing this all on his own. So the man who just gets- Who just, like, he falls over and then people just repeatedly kick him. Just, they keep on kicking him. I mean, it's his own fault. Oh, yeah, for sure. But, I mean, at the same time, maybe don't kick the man who tripped over his his own shoelaces because he refused to tie them. Maybe don't kick the man who tripped over your niece's bionic arm. Then he was was put on trial for treason. Then imprisoned for treason. And then they found out that, like, Eggman was the reason why. He was with the Masters of Evil, who... We'll talk about in some form or fashion, if we haven't already. I'll have to look to see if there's an entry on it. Well, you probably would have already, because you're, if you're at P, Masters of Evil would be M. Then instead of uh, staying in New York, where people just kept on kicking him, uh, he he decided to go to San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And then, and then uh, he was with the West Coast Avengers for a little bit. So we're not going to get into his powers or anything. Right, I mean, they're, we're kind he of gets already big half, or right? he gets small. He gets big or small, and he. Um, the one thing though is like he also uses his pin particles on like objects and whatnot. So like you know he can have his science guns and his tools and stuff like shrunk down, so he can like easily you know like you know have it. I think the uh, the Ant Man movie movies. Uh, do a really good job at kind of showing the utilities of the pin particle. I haven't seen Ant-Man and the Wasp yet, so no spoilers. Well, I'm going to spoil this for you. Oh. The Wasp is fantastic at oh, it. Oh, well, look, that's not a spoiler. <laughs> it's a spo- it is a spoiler because she is just, she's so great in it and funny and has a wonderful smile. No, I mean, that's not a spoiler because I know that already. I, I knew that was going to happen already just because it's- No, it's a spoiler. It's a spoiler. She could have been awful. Yeah, I mean, Okay. You, you, yep, you're right. You oh, you spoiler. Oh, I got. Ooh, I ruined something for you. <laughs> Make you steal out of Mantium from the government for me. I'm gonna spoil something else for you. Oh. Paul Rudd is very charming. Oh. 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 
Michael Pena. Pretty funny. <laughs> okay, yeah, so we're done. I'm going to throw some stuff on the floor and become Yellow Jacket. <laughs> so we're done, okay. basically. Yeah. Well, what do you what do you have? I mean, what sorry. What do you think about Hank Pym? I mean, I'm not a fan. Uh, I like Michael Douglas's Hank Pym. Well, see, uh, the Michael Douglas Hank Pym mm-hmm. is super good because it's just like you can tell he's done some kind of shady stuff in the past, but like at the same time, you feel that he regrets it. But it also made him an insufferable bastard because of it as well. And like, I feel like it's a lot like they they make the sins of that Hank Pym seem a lot more of like. I spent too much time in the lab and not enough time with my family. And like, no, I don't, I don't get as much of a vibe of like, (laughs) I made a radiation proof gas for the government. Because they're definitely going to set off a dirty bomb somewhere in Russia. Or something like that. Like, it seems much more of like, I was a, I was a really terrible husband and father, but for this goal that ultimately basically meant nothing. And I don't know. I I don't want to get too deep into like let's talk about Michael Douglas's Ant Man. I just I I don't know. But I I don't really care about or for Hank Pym. No one really should. I mean, I liked dunking <laughs> on him for the last like hour. Oh, dude, dude, I love dunking on Hank Pym because like he's just a person who whenever he because like he tripped like once and then everyone decided to just dunk on him and just kick him while he's down. Until to this day, like, I'm not joking, to this day, he got phased into Ultron, and he recently got at, or eaten, by Galactus. Love that speed suit. That speed suit is so good. But, but yeah, let's do plugs. I co-host a podcast called The Equalizers with my friend Madison Jones. Uh, We take... Movies that never got a sequel, either because they are too good and don't need one, or they're so bad they don't deserve one, and we come up with ideas for them. Um, it's spelled E-Q-U-E-L-I-Z-E-R-S, like in sequel. Uh, by the time this is coming out, on some of the more recent episodes, I know that we will have put out such episodes <laughs> as a sequel to the three-hour movie Amadeus. Uh, we will have done a sequel to Moulin Rouge. Uh, Speed Racer, Meet Dave. There's there's a whole slew. Just check it out. Uh, we're on anywhere you find podcasts and pretty much all social media. Uh, my name's Jesse. I have a podcast called Creepy Critters, where I talk about cryptids. You can hear Mike on one of those. Where we talk about uh, just some stuff out west. Um, have an Instagram where you can see pictures of my little cryptid and my cat at uh, Marvelous Mooch. Um, if you like to see the pictures of the people we're talking about, you definitely want to see see Hank Pym, at least a speed suit. Uh, go to at Alphabet Flight on Twitter or HodgePod Group on Facebook. Yeah, but, uh, I also have a Patreon uh, where if you if I get like the twenty five dollars to basically just cover the hosting cost, I will um, do an extra episode a week where I talk about Marvel pets. It's awesome. Um, and besides that, thank you so much for listening. This is uh, this has been Alphabet Flight, and may Madcap show you how truly meaningless life is. Bye. Bye. Bye.